Welcome to today's episode of Cam CJ. On today's episode, I'll be talking about having difficult conversations. Wherever you are, just pause for a minute and think about a time when you had to have a difficult conversation with a friend or a loved one. Just think about that. I don't know about you, but for me, sometimes I'd have this uneasy feeling in my belly. Oh, my ears get hot. Oh, my head feels heavy. Like there's always a physical reaction. But I power through when it's something I feel strongly about. Something that, if left unsaid, could negatively impact the relationship. Sometimes it's not even anything to do with the relationship itself. It's just something that you inevitably have to share with someone. Like I remember being so nervous about telling my dad I was planning to marry a white boy. I remember so vividly how that conversation went. Prior to that, I had spoken to my sister and she was like, hey, you're not asking, you're telling them. I'm like, yeah, 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 I know. But it's just, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. Anyway, so I... I, I didn't want to be alone, so I went to my friend's uh, apartment, and she was in York University. So I was at her place. I went into her bedroom. I called my dad, and and I told him. And, you know, to my surprise, he took it really well. He, he said, I have not shown him I'm irrational. I don't have a track record of making bad decisions. So if I've made this decision, he trusts me. And I was like, what? <laughs> Is that it? But yeah, he started to ask me about Nathan and like, it just completely, it just went a direction that I didn't expect. And so that was great. Anyway, so let's get back to the episode. So um, when you think about this topic came to mind because I was considering having a very difficult conversation with my boss and because I really like her and I want to preserve that relationship it was something that really plagued me. I kept thinking like I wouldn't, I just couldn't stop. It was constantly on my mind and I was thinking of different ways that it would go. And I thought, you know what, I should uh, just lean into this a bit more and then uh, make an episode of it. So here we go. So when you're thinking of having a difficult conversation with someone, I think it's worth it to ask yourself, what is my purpose for having this conversation? What do I hope to achieve what is an ideal outcome going to look like for me? Um, what is my intention? And then when you've answered these questions, I think you then need to enter it uh, with a mindset of being supportive and kind. Because I believe that your intention will shine through in your speech, your body language or your actions. Like you can't, I don't think that you can successfully mask that unless you're some kind of genius at at, uh, deception but if you're not genuine about it I think maybe just forget about about it then uh, let's say if your conversation is regarding the person's behavior it really is worth it to check yourself like ask yourself if your need to talk about this is an emotional reaction, like, is there evidence? Say, say for example, you think that somebody has hurt you in a certain way. Um, I think it's worth it to 
to ask yourself, like, is there evidence to back up what you're feeling? Like, is this something that you are assuming because they've touched a nerve? Like, is this something that, um, that you're just particularly sensitive about? And so they've touched that and then you feel that it's a personal attack on you. So ask yourself, like, is there evidence to back up what I'm feeling? Are you assuming their intentions because your ego is bruised and maybe you feel intimidated, you're feeling disrespected or ignored? Like, just check that. And if yes, then I'm really sorry to break it to you. It's a you problem, not a them problem. Because sometimes the way we take things isn't always the way that the other person intended. And I know, I know that as we go, as we interact with people, we should not only think of our intentions, but the impact that it has on other people. Yes, so impact is also important, but I think it's also good to to think about that. And um, anyway, so sometimes to arrive at this, we need to review the history. So if there's a if there's constant misunderstanding between you and someone, then it's probably worth it to assess the entire relationship, to ask why you both always assume the worst of each other. It's an awful feeling. And I know this because I have someone in my life who I felt took almost everything I said the wrong way. Like this person had, had at different times accused me of different things. She'd accused me of being insensitive because I was having a conversation with somebody. She overheard that. Now, note that the person she overheard me talking to, this person and I are still friends till today, but she overheard that and made assumptions based on what she heard and assumptions that she came to the conclusion that, oh, I was insensitive. I was pushing or rubbing something in the person's, in the other person's face. And, and I just thought like, why, why would you, like, I'm your friend. Why would you think that of me? And then you know, at another time again, this person, uh, I think they, I do, I can't, yeah, I think I just, after we had a conversation with them, I kind of pushed it out of my mind and I didn't want to dwell on it. But I think at some point they had told me that I was, um, a user also. And that really hurt me because I was thinking about it. I'm like, is this like, is this who I am? And I started assessing my other friendships, my other relationships. And and it took me a while, you know, to finally come to the point where I'm like, no, this is not who I am. And if this is how they perceive me, then, you know, I don't know what to say about that. I don't anyway. But yeah, so it's um, there was just a pattern there. It was a pattern that they even extended to like my relationship with other people, like making assumptions of that and yeah anyway me, this person and I eventually had a conversation at the start of this year so I'm not sure if anything would change but I can tell you that no relationship can thrive when people don't assume the best of each other I have another group of friends there's three of us who are adult friends so like we we uh, found each other in adulthood I know everyone says it's so hard to make friends as an adult and and really I have very few friends who I, I've become who I have like a solid bond with and people who I met in my, in adulthood. Many of my really close friends are people that I've known, uh, through high school, university and like, anyway, but 
yeah, so but this triangle of friends, we we've known each other. One of them I've known for about five years, and then the other one for about four years. And it's so refreshing that even though our friendship is relatively new, we communicate very openly and freely. Like I know that they have no malicious feelings towards me, and they know that I don't either. And so even if they do hurt me in some way, it doesn't it doesn't ruin the relationship because the foundation is solidly built on assuming the best. And, and you know, and that's not to say that people don't betray people. Like, obviously, there are people who do that. In fact, the past week or so, two people who are close to me have told me of how, of how they've been betrayed by, by people. And it, it hurts. That really hurts. I'm not, uh, I'm not trying to say you could be the best person in the world, the best friend ever, and still get betrayed by somebody you, you, care about like I've been badly betrayed by a few people but those people are people who have problems that go beyond me one of them is a pathological liar and lies to everyone this person lacks the ability to build true honest relationships and so as much as it hurt at the time and this person is not in my life anymore I can still um I can still open myself up to other friendships. I can open myself up to relationships and uh, build like solid, healthy connections because I know that it wasn't really about me. Like, I don't know if I'm making sense, but anyway. Um, another person was somebody who I had done nothing but like I'd supported this person in every imaginable way, even though like they were in my life at some point and then we lost contact for years and then reconnected and I found out that they were in a hard place and I reached out and um, I reached out and tried to do my best to help them. But somehow that turned around and bit me because they they then you know, said some very malicious things to me and uh, about me. So not to me. She she never really said much to my face, but she said things about me to other people and came around to me. I, I did tell her because like, I just backed off from the relationship. And then she came to me and said, oh, I feel like something has changed between us. Like, and I said, well, here you go. This is what's changed. And I told her everything that I'd heard that she said. And then she was like, oh, I was going through a lot at the time and um, I'm dealing with a lot of trauma and it comes out. I'm like, okay, that's fine. But I, I didn't, yeah. So I was able to remove myself from that because again, like I said, this is that person's problem. It's not me. They didn't betray me because I was a bad person to them or I was, it wasn't about me really. And so because of that, knowledge i was you know able to to move on to move on from that anyway i've completely derailed from this topic i and anyway so let's go back to uh having difficult conversations so my next point is to go in with a positive attitude hoping for a positive outcome so if this is a conversation with someone you have an intimate relationship with romantic or non-romantic Go into it with the hope to salvage the relationship. 
So go in with the understanding that your partners are not opponents because that really could impact the outcome of, of that conversation. Because sometimes when, pe- when we point out something to someone, they'll t- it seems like it's an attack. Like I know even with my partner, I feel like we have great communication between us. But there are times when I start talking about something and then he, like yesterday, I don't know what it was, but I had said three things in a row that were not edifying at all. It was, they were like, they came off to him as criticism. It wasn't my intention. I was just pointing things out. But now sitting in his shoes, I can see how, if somebody points out one thing wrong, two things, three things, then it can seem like, okay, so he was like, uh, just call me up when I've done something right. And I was like, oh, come on. I'm sorry. That was not my intention. And I, you know, I backtracked from that and we, we continued to talk. I apologized and we moved on. But I can see how when you're going into a conversation, especially something that points out to another person, something that they've, uh, for lack of a better word, I'm going to say failed at, but it doesn't always have to be that. Like, for example, if you're talking to somebody about um, maybe that there's a bad smell coming from them, it's not, um, it's not a failing of theirs. Because you, if you dig deep into that, it might be that there's a health condition somewhere or there's so it's it's not always that somebody's failed at something, but sometimes we could take it that way. If it's not delivered properly, the person could take it as an attack on them. And of course, when people feel attacked, they're not their defenses go up. You're not going to be getting through to that to that person. You're not going to be able. To, your message is not going to land, no matter how well you try to deliver it. So. Um, so yeah, so I think just go in with a positive attitude and hopefully that will shine through and then you guys will be able to have a productive conversation. And then when you start talking as well, I think it's also important to give them space to share, like to be able to give them time to reflect on the situation like don't just say boom 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 here this is what I see this is what I think this is what I just as you talk to them pause and allow them to reflect on the situation and hear their take because like try to find out dig into it and find out is this something that they're aware of is it something that they struggle with because most times we know as human beings we know when we're doing something right, when we're doing something wrong, we know our weaknesses, we know. So when somebody points something out to you, it's nice if they give you that space to be able to reflect and say, um, yes, maybe this is something that I I struggle with. I'm completely aware of it and I'm having difficulty here. Then that immediately shifts the conversation and then it becomes a, a solution seeking. It becomes one of support. Like then you can reach out and say, "Is there a way that I can support you? Is there a way that I can help you? If it's something that um, 
they just cannot do by themselves or maybe they don't have the tools the resources if you if you have those and you're able to support them then the conversation has completely shifted and uh organically as as well so anyway a healthy conversation will acknowledge the other person while and then clarify your position while still holding up what they've said so you don't minimize them this is so anyway so i was thinking about this uh recently you know the phrase i'm sorry you feel this way i've used that phrase several times in several different conversations because i thought that it was a healthy way to acknowledge somebody's position or somebody's feelings or emotions but i was listening to a podcast about parenting i think last week i don't earlier in the week i don't remember what the title of the podcast was i have to go look at my history or something but um i was listening to this podcast and the person addressed this phrase and i think it was even their child who they were re- relating with and and it just hit them that this is not a healthy uh, a healthy way to communicate and i started to think about it i was like you know what it's true because I know my son. There are times when I've said to him, my older son, I've said, um, I'm sorry you feel this way. I think he's like, I don't feel this way. It is this. Like this is it's not like a feeling. It's not it is real. It is reality. And so thinking about that, hearing that podcast and then reflecting on my son's reaction, I'm like, Yes, I can see how this estric extricates the person who is like it, t- it takes you away because then you're saying, um, again, this is a you problem. Like This is not how I intend. And if that is how you take it, then uh, I'm sorry you feel that way. And so I don't think it's, a, I think it, it can come off as um, passive aggressive. And trust me, I've used this several times. I never thought this until I was forced to give it a second thought this past week. I just think it's a, yeah, it's a polite way of removing ourselves from a situation and not taking responsibility. So maybe there are different ways to say that. To say like the same thing is, you know, I hear you. I don't know. I haven't actually got a chance to practice this. I'm just, you're hearing it first. here. <laughs> so maybe instead of saying, I'm sorry you feel this way. How about we say, I hear you. And I'm sorry that the way that I said this or the way that I've behaved has made you feel this way. Because I feel like that's the balance of I'm taking responsibility, but at the same time, I'm also communicating that that was not my intention. So um, last week, I had a friend tell me that they felt belittled by the way that I spoke to them. So this person was dealing with something I had spoken to them a while ago and told them, oh, make sure you research this before you go ahead and do this. And then somebody else had taken time to go step by step with them about how to deal with the situation. And then still, much time had passed. And then I'm talking to them again. And it feels like I'm telling them all the same things that they've heard before from me and from this other person. And they're still asking questions. So my frustration must have seeped into my tone and made my friend to feel this way. Sorry. Yeah. 
yeah, sorry, my my voice, like recording in the morning is not really a good idea. I've been awake now for hours, but it does take my voice a little while to catch up. So pardon me if my voice sounds a little croaky. Um, yeah, so anyway, so as I was saying, my tone, this person must have caught that and my my tone made her feel this way. So now this person is a dear friend of mine and I would hate to hurt their feelings. So in that moment, as she said that to me, I just stopped. I didn't defend myself or uh, start trying to explain away, give her reasons why. I just immediately apologized and I told her, hey, I'm feeling frustrated and I'm sorry, but I have no right to speak to you this way. And we're able to move on and continued our conversation. I was able to proceed more kindly and patiently, but I was very grateful that she told me how she felt, that she felt safe enough with me to tell me and trusted me to react well. I didn't get defensive. I didn't start saying, blaming her for feeling that way or whatever. And and I, to me, I thought about that later and I thought that's a good example of a friendship that's built on assuming the best. I I learned something from that interaction and I took it away and I just thought, you know what? I'm I have to watch myself when I'm talking to watch my tone when I'm talking to people, especially when the person is also not in a good place. Like she's really struggling with something and she's reaching out to me for advice and then for me to come off that way, that was not cool. Anyway, so when having difficult conversations, your why and how could make or break the whole thing. But manage your expectations as well, because no matter how well you deliver, if a person is not emotionally mature already, nothing will be achieved. You can only control yourself. You cannot control the other person's reaction. So you also have to have that at the back of your mind so that you're not like, you know, fully disappointed. You just know that I'm going to do my part and I can't really control how they take it. So I'll end this by giving you some examples of how to start difficult conversations. So get a pen or your notepad, your phone, whatever you need. Get it ready and I'll just give you uh, a few examples. Hopefully it helps. So maybe you start by saying, um, I've noticed with us a recurring, I've noticed a pattern recurring with us. It seems like whenever I say something or I do something, you interpret it a certain way. I'm not sure if, sorry, (laughs) pardon me. I had this whole thing planned out in my head. I'm not sure if it's something that I'm doing or if, but I, I would like for us to sit down with this and have a little chat because it's never my intention to hurt you or to hurt the people that I love. However, it seems like this is how blah, 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 blah. Anyway, that's one example of how to start. And then I think another way, again, to start another kind of conversation is to say, um, I'd like for us to talk about whatever it is, blah, 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 blah. And then to say, I think we may have different ideas about that, about how to manage this or how to move forward forward on this. And I would like for us to sit with this and talk about it so that we can move forward more collaboratively or move forward together because I think we have the same end goal in mind. So it might be helpful for us to blah, blah, blah. And also don't forget that before you start, it's always a good thing to 
to ask, is this a good time or do you have, a, do you have some time for us to talk about this? And yeah, so I think that also that kind of sets the tone, making sure that you have the time and space that you need, because there's nothing as uncomfortable as starting a difficult conversation and then having them say, oh, I'm really sorry, I have to go right now. I just I don't have the time for this. Maybe we can talk about it later. So it's good to make sure that the, before you start, you have the time and space or just, you know, something as simple as I have something I'd like to talk, talk to you about. I think that having this conversation will help us to be able to work together more effectively and um, collaborative. I don't know why I keep saying collaboratively, but yeah, maybe that. Or <clears throat> sorry, there was one that I saw somebody say, as I saw this written somewhere, and somebody said, um, I need your help with what just happened. Do you have a few minutes to talk? And then that's if when you're trying to interrupt and have a conversation about something that is just immediately like currently going on. Um, yeah. And then some, maybe you can say, um, something like, I'd like for, to talk to you about some things that I've noticed over the last little while. I have some, I've observed some things, but it could be maybe because of my bias or this, I'm not sure. So I think it's a good idea for us to sit down I'll share what I've observed and I'd like to hear what you've got to say and hear your perspective on this. I think that way it's not like accusatory. It's not, um, it's like, hey, I think these starters are helpful because they're, you're going into them, helping that person to see, hey, I'm not calling a meeting to attack you. I want to hear what you've got to say and how we can move forward in this. And I think, honestly, as I record this, I have a difficult conversation to have next week with um, one of the people I work with. He's been, you know, just his attitude to work lately has not been the greatest. And I have to sit down with him to talk. And I think I'm going to go into that with giving him a chance to share because I feel like when you've worked at a place for many years, different things have happened. I'm coming in new. I don't know the history. And I, I'm, he might feel like I'm judging him a certain way. So I think after having this, like thinking about this recording and all of that, I've just been thinking, I think I'm going to go into it eager, curious about his perspective, curious to hear how he feels about things. And then hopefully I can share what I think as fresh eyes in this job and and then hopefully you know that will set the pace and we'll be able to have a wholesome relationship because we're going to be working together so it's uh, important that I handle that very carefully and I'd like to hear how you handle things as well I hope these uh, pointers have helped you somehow uh, I hope that you found this episode helpful in some way or at least interesting to listen to I'd love to hear your stories and your thoughts about difficult conversations. Tell me what you've, what your experience is like and uh, let's chat some more. You can send me an email at camcj at gmail.com. And please don't forget to subscribe, like and review the podcast as it really helps. Okay. I look forward to chatting again next time. Until then. Bye.